Hello and welcome to Arrest All the Knicks. My name is Ben Tal and this is the Creative Innovation Podcast. How are you doing guys? You good? The weather this week is heartfelt and uncertain. Yes, I've got Sarah Peters on the show coming up. Uh, Sarah is an aspiring artist who's done a lot of different things uh, following her heart basically from the offset because of her love of drawing but without a set path. So it's quite an interesting one. It's kind of... Uh, this is less established person, but I find these these stories fascinating. Someone who's at the very uh, outset of their career, looking looking for those steps, looking for the things that fall in their path, and responding to them rather than trying to plan everything. I think it's quite an interesting mindset, an interesting psychology. So I'm going to be talking to Sarah today about her journey and uh, how she's drummed up a significantly better Instagram following than myself. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get onto that. Uh, a little thanks to the sponsors, Illustration Limited, illustrationweb.com. My agency has been representing me for closing in on a decade now, my whole freelance career near enough, apart from the first couple of years. Um, top guys representing a lot of illustrators, animators, motion graphics people, hand lettering specialists, large-scale live fashion, loads of different categories. Um, top, top bunch of people, really nice news section on the website, giving you a little bit of dirt behind each project so go and have a look at that information on commissioning clients on the how to's on the when's where's why's and how's um cool stuff good people um lots of good initiatives going on beyond the agency work itself so go and have a look illustrationweb.com uh heartinternet.co.uk brilliant tech sponsor providing a digital tip every month um, and I'm going to go a little bit different this time. I'm not going to give you the digital tip. You're going to have to wait for the juice and the dirt that Sarah's going to share because she got some awesome advice on Instagram recently, um, quite unexpectedly, and she'll tell that story and, and how it's led to a significant increase in her followers and her engagement and the rest of the things that we need to do these days as modern creative practitioners. So uh, listen out for that one. That's coming up shortly. But in the meantime, you can get wonderful domain names, um, hosting, SEO advice, social media advice, all the great stuff that any web tech company does, and Heart Internet do it the best of the lot. So go and check them out, heartinternet.co.uk. Uh, so cheers to our sponsors. Uh, also, quick thanks to the Association of Illustrators who continue to support the show and we build a great relationship. Do go back and listen to Brian Grimwood, the first ever live podcast that we did uh, down in Shoreditch it was too. It's a, it's a cracking episode recorded live on the night so if you couldn't be there with the, the limited amount of people who sold out the event then do go and have a listen now Brian's been in the game over 50 years, he's a legend uh, I'm not even going to doubt myself in saying that so go back and have a listen to that episode, it's a good one uh, What did you think of Graham Wood? Hope you enjoyed it, hope you've gone and looked at Tomato's work, at Graham's work over the years It's amazing work for Adidas that he's done with uh, agencies, it's just tremendous and Graham went on to become an artistic director at um, TBWA Advertising Agency in New York, and wonderfully so. He's a real creative pioneer. It's, a, it's an absolute must-listen episode. It's quite a long one, so I apologise for the length, but sometimes these conversations do go, and, and I like to keep them to their natural form. So I hope you enjoyed that, and if not, go back and listen to Graham Wood. We've got Gary Mansfield coming up, um, and we've got the 100th episode with Olivier Kugler. To bring your way to two-part special, December 19th, January 2nd, coming up very soon. So what have you guys been up to? What have you been doing? Have you been to any cool events? Share on the Twitter, let us know, at Arrest All The Mix. Same on the Instagram, at Arrest All The Mix, the same handle. Uh, I want to know what's going on. I miss things, and it's through you guys on Twitter sometimes that I pick up on events and cool things going on locally, nationally, internationally. What are you doing? What are you up to? Who's going to offset next year? I'm considering going there, uh, over in Dublin. There's all sorts of cool stuff happening. 
Um, a little bit of feedback as well. I'm wondering. So when the show started out, it was once every two weeks, right? And then I got really into it. I'm still really into it, don't get me wrong. And I took it weekly. And here we are, steaming up towards the 100th episode. Um, but I'm starting to notice that some of the regulars are kind of falling behind. It feels a little intense to me when I'm producing the shows every week. It feels like they come in thick and fast one after the other. Um, so I'm toying with the idea of taking the show back once every two weeks. How do you feel about that? Let me know. Um, especially the you know the long-term listeners, people who are into it. If you think that's an absolute no-no, we'll happily keep it every week. But uh, I'm certainly toying with the idea of going back to bi-monthly. Uh, twice a month. <laughs> Word stripped. Caught me out. Um, but I'm, I'm not too sure. I think less is more sometimes. And I'm, I'm certainly toying with the idea of... Uh, Making these things a little less often, but I want your thoughts and putting this out for listener feedback here. Uh, if there's a big outcry and that's not the case and people love it weekly, then I will keep doing it as such. But if you're open to that idea also and it will give you a chance to listen to them better, then I'm fully prepared to do that also. Um, there's no real great disadvantage or advantage to either format for me personally. If I'm producing the show, somebody who's running a full-time illustration and writing career. Um, so let me know your thoughts. Uh, interested in that, guy? So hit us up on the Twitter, at Arrest Mix. Drop me an email, hello at bentallon.com. Uh, or even comment on the Instagram if you prefer doing things that way, at Arrest Mix also. So why did I get Sarah Peters on the show today? Because it was quite unplanned. So what happened was Sarah had been in touch. She's looking to start out as an illustrator, but she's been doing a lot of work. She worked as a director on on, uh, on film. She studied in drama, if I've got that right. Uh, she's certainly got a background in drama. All these different fields. And I knew I didn't know this when I met her, but she came to visit my studio in London and started to tell this story. And I just kind of said... Do you mind just hanging fire? Like this, this is going somewhere. This is a good conversation. This is an interesting story. How do you feel about being on the podcast? So Sarah was pretty chuffed about that. So we got down to business and had the conversation. And I found it a really useful one. I think some people, uh, they, they just feel creative. They've got it in their blood. They've got it in their veins. I think we can all be creative to a degree. But some people feel it stronger than others. But it's very hard to know where to channel that, which is kind of the basis for a second book that I'm writing at the moment um, on the chemistry of creativity. Um, and Sarah struck me as someone who's kind of followed the heart in doing that. She's she's done what she loved. She grew up loving things like Vogue magazine, but as she'll go on to tell us, she didn't like the perfection that was going on in there, the airbrushing, etc. Uh, there was nothing interesting about that, and she's always drawn since being young. So whilst following these other leads, she's continued to draw this whole time, and it's built quite the following on Instagram. So she's going to tell us where she's at now, how she's trying to get started as an illustrator, but more importantly, the path that's led her up to this point. Her drawings are wonderful. Go and take a look on her Instagram channel. The link's in the show notes uh, on the SoundCloud. So take a look. Uh, but it's a good one, and I hope you enjoy it, because she's a top lass. It was a great conversation, and I hope you can pick up some pointers if you two are not quite sure on your own direction. So I think it's always a good theme to cover, and I hope you do take something from it. So like I say, get us your feedback. Drop us a little review, please, on the iTunes. If you get a moment on our Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, it's always good to get the endorsements and the feedback if you like what I'm doing. Uh, thanks again to the sponsors, illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk. And without further ado, we'll bring you to my conversation in London with Sarah Peters. I mean, like so since I was a kid it sounds super cliche to be like oh I've always been into like magazines and stuff like that I think every young girl is to a degree but like I was the kind of person at home who like had Vogue magazines like stacked up to my eyeballs all over my bedroom oh really actually I should have kept them but it got to like I think 
seven years ago or something where I was cleaning out my room back home and there was just hundreds of these Vogue magazines and I was like yeah I need to get I need to get rid of this this is just collecting dust but I do always I have I did used to when I started drawing just draw from magazines yeah and I just like look at the editorial like pictures or like the shoots at the back of the magazine and literally just replicate them to try and like get my I don't know just improve what was it about the, what, what was it about the mags the Vogue mags that interested you do you think as a, as a young person I liked the styling of the shoots in general and I think the clothes if anything like the lines of the clothes and everything were beautiful and but then I think it's a bit of a, a double-edged sword in that I loved the clothes but then what I realized was as I was drawing them and the reason why I stopped drawing and um, people from magazines was because everything was so airbrushed and there were where I used to love drawing people's faces there were like no lines or wrinkles or anything so it made ah. it really really boring to draw yeah and that you had like the frame of someone's face but then if I ever tried to draw like around their eyes or anything it's like well there's nothing there and maybe that's actually why I have such like a simplistic style now is because there was never any like yeah. marks or anything <laughs> so little to work with yeah. And that's actually why I started drawing people. Why I have that sketchbook that's like people I've seen on the underground because I was so bored of only seeing photos that were like photoshopped and perfect and could never really seem to find something real. So I just used to draw on my way to and from work, I used to draw people who were sat opposite me on the underground, and then obviously yeah. occasionally it would get quite awkward when yeah. people would notice you. <laughs> when, and when, and when, when was this without being so crass as asking your age? When, 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 what are we talking pre internet? Like, did you grow up with the internet? Uh, yeah, so I was, um, yeah, grew up with the internet, but only like I think I was like on the cusp of it all like beginning and mm. starting to get big. So when I was at university, Facebook had just got big me too at the tail end yeah okay so it was just starting to get like quite big and um, and so you had quite a lot of access to like photos online but I didn't really know what I was doing that I could, and, and I was like looking for photos and like things but I didn't really know where to look yeah. or where to go really and um, so I would just end up on like Vogue websites or different things yeah. like that or photographers websites really but again everything was so heavily airbrushed that it's yeah. quite hard to quite hard to find anything real yeah so that's why I just sort of started sitting and probably why I have such a strong love of coffee now is that I would sit in coffee shops yeah. or on the train. <laughs> yeah. I remember a couple of days I literally just sat on the train, bought a ticket and like up and down. Did you? Up and, well, just because it was where you could yeah. where you could see people. Yeah. Like, and public transport's great, isn't it? Yeah. But I do remember actually really clearly one day a friend of mine or a friend of a friend got on the tube and I hadn't noticed and he just saw me drawing someone random on the train. The next time I saw him he was like, well, you're the creepiest person I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, there's a dark part of me like that it's like I like watching people squirm when they yeah. realise they're being drawn they just change completely yeah. and they get really uncomfortable it's like it's almost like they'd be more comfortable if you just held a camera phone and took a picture yeah. of them like that yeah there was a couple of moments where I was like oh I don't know whether I should be asking people I hope you don't mind yeah. drawing you but then I feel like people would want to see and actually often what you were drawing or often when I draw somebody it'd be because like oh they've got a really interesting shaped nose or it wouldn't yeah, be, yeah, be yeah, because yeah. I was like oh what a beautiful perfect person it's like yeah. actually you've got a really interesting face <laughs> yeah I've got a rugby league nose I've got like <laughs> <laughs> people don't always notice but it's quite wonky <laughs> like to one side and uh, yeah my, my friends didn't really let me forget that when I was a kid which was, which was good because he gave me armour like you know like yeah. I just didn't care I got to uni and no I was invincible like yeah. I heard it all it was great yeah <laughs> I like that as a kid I was like the, the albino ginger kid like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah fake tan up to my eyeballs now <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, God. so do you think do you think you were drawn to the magazines then because I mean I'm, I'm speaking from experience and I imagine that you were in the same boat that because we didn't have the internet as, as children ready access mm. 
we didn't have the same choice. So you were restricted to like maybe books that were around yeah. the house or magazines or the things you would find on newsstands. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, for me, it was like a treat. I think if I bought a magazine, it was like that's what I'd put my money towards or like my pocket money towards. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think there is there is something that's like. As a girl, you look at that and you're like, oh, that's what I aspire to be or that's what I aspire to yeah. do. And I think for quite a long time, I read Vogue or um, Glamour or whatever the magazines I was reading were at the time. I, I would read those and think, oh, I want to be like the editor of the magazine. And then actually, and this was while I was drawing them all and everything. And then I was suddenly was like, oh, actually, <laughs> I don't write after I see, read this. Or I'm not like constantly writing, I'm constantly drawing. Yeah. It took me quite a long time to realise that it was like mm. the drawing aspect of it and like the aesthetics of the magazine that I was into rather than like the magazine as a whole, yeah. if that makes sense. It does make sense, yeah. I find it really, it's really interesting. And I was probably like the stereotypical antithesis of that. So I would, on my paper round, I would get an advance on a Wednesday to get matched magazine, yeah, like the okay. kids' sort of footy mag. Yeah. And it was the same thing. It was like the posters were on the wall. I was drawing these heroes in my life. and yeah. But it's beautiful because I wasn't distracted with a million choices on an iPad or whatever. Yeah. So I think I had a level of obsession, like you said yeah. about Vogue, with football and wrestling in my case. Yeah. But it was nice because I did feel, like you said, drawn to that. And for a long time, I was like, I want to be a wrestler, I want to be a footballer. Yeah. But it was only, like, I don't know, 16 that I suddenly thought, drawing, like, I just draw all the time. And, yeah. and, it, and maybe that's what I should be doing in these worlds. It's yeah, quite... it's funny, isn't it? Because it is, it is that, like, that, oh, like, oh, I'm going to be a photographer or I'm going to, like, design clothes. And then you're like, no, I'm literally just copying them, yeah. <laughs> like, drawing them the whole time. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, actually, because I, friends of mine always say to me, like, oh, I can't draw. Or, like, you're good at drawing, I can't draw. And I, for me, and I might be completely wrong with this, but I genuinely believe, like, it's not like you can or you can't draw. It's just a practice thing. Because yes. if you looked at... I, I think anybody can draw, and it's more about whether you can perceive things and, like, yeah. whether you can, like, look at it and analyse the shape and then copy something. And Because for me as a kid, I just copied and I copied and I copied things, mm -hmm. whether it's from a magazine or a photo or a poster or yeah. whatever. The hand is on following the mind. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly... I'm glad you said that, because I agree wholeheartedly. I believe it's nurture more than nature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and whether whether or not you pursue that. And I also think it's having an obsessive personality and, like, slight OCD with it. Because I think that's all it is, is that I really want to, like, copy it and copy it and copy it. But also quite patient with it, so won't, like crumple it up and throw it to the yeah. other side of the room we'll just rub it out and try again yeah. rub it out and try again kind yeah. of thing uh, but yeah like you say it's just like sort of being able to like see something and put yeah. it down well it is completely yeah and, and your interests do play a big part in that if you have a track or an obsessive interest you're more inclined to do it because it inspires doesn't it it, mm. it makes you feel something positive yeah. about it and, and I think as young people we don't understand what that is you can't consciously yeah. know why you're drawn to that you just are and, uh, yeah, and drawings are very chemical things so you do follow it kind of instinctively and naturally yeah, uh, yeah without really overthinking it or knowing why which is which is nice because that then leads its own way which then brings me on to the fact why did you choose drama because that's quite an interesting yeah. jump from that so I think I was one of those kids who I guess by nature I am one of those people who doesn't ever think about what they're doing until they're doing it so for example left school to go to university and suddenly I was there kind of thing I was like oh shit I don't know anyone I've got to make friends yeah. <laughs> what do I do here so I actually I just think it's because at school I always did like drama stuff I always like was in the school plays always sang I was quite artistic so I kind of was always in that kind of like artsy sort of world um, 
And I genuinely think it's because you get a lot of praise from doing that. Like, of all the things I did, I did art to a fairly good level, but didn't think about doing that as much, or music, or um, enjoyed, like, writing and literature and stuff. But because when you come off, if you've done, like, a school play or something, when you come off the stage there, everyone, like, praises you or, like, gives you a load of love from that. Mm. I genuinely think it's, like, that feeling of, like, oh, yeah, the reward that you Mm. get from that is so much greater than the other kind of artsy stuff. Um, so went down that road of doing a, dr- a drama degree and actually within about a term of being there realised that you get drama people and then you get like drama people <laughs> and I was not one of those <laughs> so yeah. worked out quite quickly that like my love and passion of doing drama just like wasn't as great as like the majority of other people's on the right. course right that's interesting um, and while they would put themselves and out there and out there time and time again to like audition for things to rehearse I just wasn't as interested it was a great course taught me a lot about like Mm. just so many skills in general from like writing through to like filming and directing and different things I loved it but um and I don't think I would have continued to do it if I didn't love it but it did make me realize that it wasn't something I wanted to pursue full time so you completed the course though completed the course and got far more into like the directing side of things because I realized I was pretty bossy and yeah I was pretty happy to just tell people what to do the whole time rather than be told and so really enjoyed doing that and and then did a couple I mentioned before did a couple of um uh, internships afterwards or running jobs for various different TV programs and which was really good fun but yeah you just work out don't you that it's like yeah is the passion there or not and I think you find that out yeah. quite quickly did you feel happy to always go with it because you have got a really varied story like, did, did you in each of these roles were you happy to kind of see how you felt and, and follow the organic path was that yeah I think so like um it's a funny one because I've never really known at all like I think as I was growing up you have people who are like, oh, I'm going to study to be a doctor or I'm going to be a vet or, mm. you know, like you have people who have like paths that they work out quite quickly. And I think if you're more of a creative person, it's really hard to know what your role is because yeah. people don't necessarily tell you, oh, being a graphic designer means you do this, this and this or being an illustrator means you do this or directing a film, this yeah. is the role you have. People don't actually explain those jobs to you, whereas it's very clear what a doctor does or what a policeman does mm. or like those roles are quite obvious yeah and um, so I feel like probably most creative people have always have like a period of time where it's like just testing the waters in different areas because I think so I think very few of us you know uh, can know because even if you do know and you think I like illustration what does that even mean there are, yeah. there are a million routes for illustration you know same yeah. for graphic design is a hugely varied job and yeah I think it is very difficult to sort of see the wood for the trees when, when, mm. you, when you're trying to make sense of it all so yeah. so often I find that people who have gone an organic route when they do arrive at something that they connect with and make a decision it's often informed by so many more things that they, they have a position that could be an advantage yeah you know I, I think you will when you something I wanted to ask from what you said there about directing um, and understanding that stuff mm. do you think that's played a part into into your interest in drawings in respect of the more mysterious ones like a hug or, or there's some quite sexually natured ones do you think that's been yeah. somehow influenced by the you know the Vogue magazine and then the directing eye because you seem to have a good eye for a moment yeah I do think yeah maybe perhaps I think um directing was actually something that I did and I did fall in love with it um because of that those storytelling moments and mm. I think I've always been like a massive bookworm as well and um 
you can kind of, part of the course was like selecting those moments and tying together, like taking a book and turning it into a script and taking out phrases that you didn't think worked and adding in ones that you thought would make something like a moment bigger or greater. So yeah, I think you're probably right in terms of um, creating a moment. Something I always try and do in art is, you know, like show something in a really half half-hearted isn't the right word but kind of half show a moment yeah and um, so that you're I always know what I'm thinking and often more often than not and um, when I'm drawing something not only is it like inspired by a picture I've seen or something I've seen but more often than not it's words that I've seen and mm. um, or read and um, and there's been a couple of passages from books which have inspired me pretty pretty greatly um, yeah. with drawing and so I always try and sort of show part of it because I know what it means but it's not necessarily going to mean that to to Mm -hmm. whoever sees it and I want them to still take what they wanted from it rather than just what I think yeah that's the thing isn't it there's always two stories going on to a piece of art it's the viewer's interpretation and of course the artist's own uh, process or narrative that's within that definitely I think the directing thing definitely did help though it showed me how to see things from a number of different angles and not to just and also to see things from an audience's perspective. I think I had a fantastic um, a fantastic tutor called Martin Harvey who's directed some incredible things. And he always actually was would always bang on and on about kind of not just showing not just knowing what you know, but looking at it from the audience's perspective. Mm. Like you as the one directing it or as the one acting, whatever you're acting, um, you know the context of the piece, but nobody else does. Yeah. And so kind of putting your shoes and putting yourself in the shoes of somebody who knows nothing and can be quite refreshing I think sometimes I think that does translate to art as well it really does I had to think like, like when I was writing my book I had to really be strict on myself about that uh, mm. and, and make the call on every single story I was telling in, in, yeah. in respect of do I find this interesting or do my friends find it funny that's one side of it but it's so important to think someone who doesn't know me or doesn't care about me yeah. Is this relevant? How are they? You know, is this of any use? And if not, it went. That yeah, was, that was it's hard though, isn't it? <laughs> it is difficult. Yeah, because because people do like the subversive personal stuff, yeah. but it, it, it ultimately has to have relevance to that to mm. someone who's never seen it, doesn't understand it. Otherwise, yeah. it becomes very art house and abstract. You yeah, know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny actually. So um, I back in the well, I say back in the day, it wasn't that long. <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> A fair while ago, um, I though I from a bit of a, like an up and down family, and like in a very good, in an interesting way, like from an interesting family, and um, I at university in my second year I got glandular fever and had to take the entire year off, which was a bit of a pain in terms of like seeing friends and then yeah, graduating yeah. a year later and everything. So it was a bit of a bit of a depressing year and also glandular fever. So tiring. Like I'd literally for about six months walk up the stairs and be too tired to well, do Well yeah, notoriously so. <laughs> yeah. So that was a bit of a yeah, a bit of a sleepy year for me. Um but what was really interesting about like um, that time for me was that somebody suggested that I went and had acupuncture during that time because it's good for energy and like to try to do something to take your mind off it or even just something that could act as like a placebo effect mm. and to this day I have no idea whether it was placebo effect or whether it wasn't but either way it seemed to to help me and I, I actually I still do it 
but something that she encouraged uh, the lady um, who, who Kelly, who did um, who did acupuncture for me, something that she suggested at that time. So there's a lot happening family-wise and stuff with university. I think I was quite stressed by having glandular fever. She was like, you know what? Just try and sit down and like write it all down. Um, and just sit and like write everything down like a journal but almost just like write about your life and how you're feeling and stress yeah. and stuff almost like a kind of like anxiety journal I guess but it's really interesting when I look back at it because so much I was like oh I wonder if there's anything I can do with this like turn this sort of stuff into art of like how I was mm. feeling then or like I, don't, I wonder if I could like write a book from because I kind of had gone through my life if that makes sense almost like memoir style but it's so interesting to look at it because so much is just like so inward looking rather yeah. than anything that would be in any way read or like able to translate for anyone else and yeah. um, so I look at it and I always think like there must be something I can do with this because it's so personal and yeah. um, but you're so right about like actually what is going to be in any way interesting to somebody that hasn't yeah seen it but that, actually I'm interested to, to know about that stuff because I, I also think there's um a valid argument for stuff that is in is personal and, and, and it didn't you didn't ever think about anyone else's yeah. in the nicest way. It's it's a personal introspection. Yeah. Any sort of diary format story, it's like if there's an interesting like narrative arc, then it's mm. still valid. It's just that yeah. I only say that in respect to my book because it, I very much was writing for a visual communication audience of people yeah. who would feel the same way about freelancing. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Whereas actually, if it's about that stuff, you know, time of suffering and an illness, then I think. Yeah, people would take a lot from that, even you know, in its every personal detail. Yeah. So I yeah, think I think, and I guess there's moments. I mean, I think it's really interesting. Like, I think generally every family has their ups and downs, their things you don't know about them, and every person has like a journey, whether that be bigger or smaller than other people. It's still like as big for them, if you know what I mean. So I think it's really interesting. I don't know if you've read the book and um, A Million Little Pieces by James yeah. Frey without a shadow of a doubt my favourite book oh, yeah? in the world and possibly the only book I've ever read more than once <laughs> which tells okay. me that I'm not good at doing that yeah. but it is the most phenomenal book it's basically about a um, a drug addict who this doesn't give anything away he wakes up on a plane and it's kind of um, it is it's a true story but I think there was debate afterwards about how true I'm not sure but but it is like his mm. his own story but he wakes up on a plane, no teeth, a hole in the side of his face, can't remember the last three months. And the whole book is basically him going into rehab and what it feels like to go through the detoxification process. Oh. But it's really written in like the first person, like, I wake up, I feel sick. Like, it's the most phenomenal read. And that actually really, I read that and that really helped me to start writing yeah. about how I felt because it's really hard to just sit down and be like today I feel sad <laughs> you know it's like yeah. it's quite hard to like um, to get things on paper but if you just go through that process of like yeah. just saying things like very first person and very like how you feel in that second mm. um, anyway I strongly recommend you reading that I'd love to see one of your drawings per day you know like per, as part of that I think the simplicity yeah. of your drawings like quite an introspective style would be a, an interesting challenge to mm. see if you could create a narrative for that. Yeah, it's yeah. out of curiosity. It'd be good. Yeah, it could be a good way to combine the words and the yeah and the images. So where do we find you now? You're working full time, right? Working full time for a um, a media owner, and um, so working for a company that owns a load of Facebook pages, which is like actually really exciting in terms of like kind of is giving me away from illustration, giving me quite a lot of insight into how like brands market themselves and the work they're doing, and actually kind of does help. In, some, <laughs> in a kind of strange way I found myself in a kind of job that does help in a kind of different from a different angle I guess yeah. 
Um, and also a lot of what we do in that company is all about um, is all about like how to create virality or how to make like something go viral. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting because we talk to different brands or different like um, people who have created awesome products who are like, oh, could you post this video for us? And it's like, we wouldn't ever post a video unless we didn't think it would go viral. Yeah. Like, has it got that hook? Which has really been quite interesting for me because I'm like, I looked at all my work the other day and I was like, none of this has a hook. <laughs> 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 Which is really stupid. But but it's so funny how I haven't applied that to my work, if that mm. makes sense. Like, I know that in order for something to blow up and it be seen by a lot of people, you need to have something different and yeah. something unique about it that's going to push it um, and yeah. that, that somebody hasn't done before, be that a series of things or something new and fresh. And I just haven't really applied that to my work. So it's something I'm kind of looking at now about, yeah. is that the format or is it what I'm drawing yeah. or is it the style um, or should I be doing something live? Like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's so interesting to mm. look at, like, what is it that I'm doing or how could I change what I'm doing to give that, like, or to give those images, like, exponential growth rather than yeah. just, like, something that's quite stationary yeah. to look at. And that being said, I mean, we met through Instagram because you messaged me there. Yeah. Um, and that, that, you told me an interesting story earlier, if you don't mind sharing it again, yeah. about the kind of help you got on Instagram. Because, yeah. I mean, that was one of the... I know I looked and I'm like, what the fuck, how many followers? <laughs> like 14,000. I mean, it's nine years and I've got less than 3,000. So I was like, I've got some learning to do. But um, but in the best, in the nicest possible way, there's a good story behind this that yeah. you told me earlier. Yeah, so um, I guess there's a bit of context. I... Um, didn't study art but just sort of always did it and so wanted to put my art on Instagram and as just some something to do with it I guess rather than sort of images piling up in my bedroom and and so started and um, just taking a photo of the pictures that I'd done and posting them on Instagram and at the time I, I literally had like my friends following me only so like two followers <laughs> like 60 70 followers or something like not a big following um, and was just like uploading a picture like every couple of weeks or something when I found time to do one. Um, and then one of my pictures um, got seen by this um, German skateboarder called Ben, who I'd literally never met before, but he looked on his profile and he had like a quite a lot of followers. I think he had like 25,000, 30,000 followers. Um, anyway, he messaged me off through Instagram and just said, hey, like really love your love your drawings. Um reckon I could help you just with a, a few tips to how to make it how to make it like a, a bit of a stronger page and how to get some more growth. Like bear in mind I've never met this guy before. I'm like, who are you? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Go away, stranger. No, no, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like actually had like a um some email conversations with him. Then obviously he's he's based in um I think he's in Munich. So had a couple of just Skype calls with him where he was like you know, you know what I would recommend you do is just being like treating it more like a business like look at like create columns for your work do one column that's all pictures of you one that's all for your art one that's for your tools because maybe at some point you want somebody to pay you to put a tool into your into your mm. Instagram page or um and so he kind of actually gave me like really some like strong business advice about like how to how to grow an Instagram page and things like um, he was saying to me, you know, because at the time I was only just picture, uh, posting pictures of my art. Nothing. To, I didn't ever take a photo of me or um, all the kind of tools I was using. And he was he would say to me, and it was actually quite a long battle for quite a long time. He, he kept saying to me, Sarah, you haven't posted a photo of you yet. And I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to post a photo of me. Like nobody wants to see me. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, no, they do because Instagram's 
Instagram, the best brands that use Instagram use it to show like behind the scenes almost of the brand. Like, look at what we're doing. This is my yeah. life. People, he was like, and the best way he put it for me was like, if people wanted to see a nice picture of a girl, they would type into Google a nice drawing of a girl <laughs> and that's where they'd find it. Mm. Like, that's not what people follow Instagram for. They follow it to kind of see someone's life and see what yeah, they're doing and yeah. how they're progressing. And he was like, that's how you should be using Instagram to show you and your life and why you're drawing and, and how your drawing is improving and how and how it's getting more eyeballs and stuff. So so it took a long time for me to do like the first photo of myself. And I think I got like an email with like a thousand smiley faces in it being like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> and now the saddest thing is, is if I ever post a selfie or something to my Instagram page, I did one the other day and it got like 300 likes. And then a, photo, a picture that I think is like a really nice drawing. It's like a hundred. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's a so weird science, isn't it? I, yeah. I find real fluctuating results among all, across all things. I find yeah. my drawings to be quite popular. My black and white ink drawings, mm. they tend to get a good response. The real core of it. Yeah. Sometimes there'll be a picture of me, whether it's working on a photo shoot with art director or something like that, that'll get very little or minimal attention other times yeah. it, it's hard it, I think timing there's so many factors to it isn't yeah. there it's much it's very much learning as you go I think. it is learning as you go and also what I've learned is that if I ever think a drawing I've done is going to be like a really big hitter on Instagram I'm going to get a lot of attention it usually doesn't yeah me too yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, really yeah. weird I'm like ah I really was quite proud of that one yeah. and then it just like flops and I'm like oh well but then something that I disagree with this guy Ben on is that he would say to me you know I usually give myself an hour to if the photo if the picture I've put up isn't doing well I will take it down after the hour and I actually strongly disagree with him on that in that I think Instagram is about showing your journey and and not everyone's going to like everything yeah. and and actually for me I put the things up and it might get like 20 likes compared to the following day yeah. something got hundreds and I think actually social media should be and this is where I think it falls down a lot because people feel like everything has to be perfect the whole time and you have to show this like really mm-hmm. like beautiful facade of your life and your work that you're doing but actually I think it's you have to be truthful with followers and you have to remain quite honor- honest and say okay this is a picture I put up this one got a million times fewer likes yeah. or comments but yeah. actually this is what I felt that day and yeah. just remain true to I that. agree yeah like you said same thing you, sometimes it, it can be a little demoralising sometimes if something isn't popular or whatever but you shouldn't take it down you should own mm. that a little bit and, and yeah. it, does, it doesn't matter you go through anyone's stuff and you'll see fluctuating results yeah. but yeah but so you've so all throughout all this stuff and you've like I said I'm really interested in people's journey when they've done a different different path instead of going right I did design and then I did illustration and I did went into the industry yeah. um, but you've always drawn that's been a constant yeah. throughout all of this stuff so yeah. do we find you now interested in illustration and getting yeah. into that world absolutely so I think um, yeah in any job and I've had about four different jobs since using and um, since leaving university all in kind of different sectors um, and the whole while, um, sort of every evening, pretty much, I'll come back and draw, or if I'm having coffee in the morning, I'll draw, or wherever it is, mm. when I'm on an aeroplane or whatever, it's kind of everything I do, and I don't know if it's like a comforting thing, like it's sort of like a, my way of unwinding, like mm. while other people would watch TV or different things, that's kind of how I feel like I relax. I think it's the using of your hands, do you know what I mean, and not yes. your brain. Um, so it's something that I've, I've always done, and, and I looked through some of my stuff the other day and there was just like reams and reams of like books and pieces of paper and 
you know, I think it's it's something that through purely just through posting to Instagram have got a little bit more interest from people, mainly just saying, can you can you do can I commission you to do a piece for me or mm. um, could you help me with the de- design of this like and it's for minor like album covers or things like that, but very small little pieces. Yeah. Um, and because it's happened so gradually and so naturally, and because I haven't got sick of it, <laughs> and I'm actually still loving doing it every day and and. Um, and as much as possible and it's definitely something that I want to pursue and push yeah. and it's just finding the way of doing it I guess and I yeah. it sounds mental but I've always had that kind of block of like well I love doing it but how do I get from enjoying doing it to yeah. doing it professionally if that I, I think I think a lot a lot of the time when I look at your stuff you're in a position where I think you don't need to change a great deal really it's mm. how it's just who you contact and how you yeah. package it I suppose you know um like I say, you've got a very a lovely, naive, flowing style there that will only develop. And also, I think you should totally utilise your experience in all these different roles in terms of the yeah. things you've seen. And you mentioned about your love of like Vogue and those photo shoots, and then working, you know, then in drama and things like that. You're in a, a nice position there where I think you can, in through such a simplistic style, you can do a lot with it without mm. changing too much. Yeah. Um, so I think you've got the hardest part down in the fact that you want to draw and you do constantly draw because yeah. like I said earlier like people people find it hard even if they're passionate about the idea of going into the industry yeah. it's one thing to like the idea of it and to sort of make a website or whatever but to actually consistently do the drawing and put the effort in especially around a full time job yeah. that's hard and a lot of people do struggle with that and maybe fall mm. down because they run out of motivation or whatever so it's, I think it's a wonderful thing that you do that yeah. anyway for pleasure um, yeah. whatever it may be so I suppose it's a case of continuing to listen to the feedback you yeah. get and then working out where you'd, first and foremost, where you'd like to work and also where your work fits. It's yeah. that ongoing sort of precious balance you need to find between those two. Yeah, I, and I started doing that the other day because, you know, when you actually don't really think of which brands it, you could be applicable to or, mm. or who you could be applicable to and so I started making a list the other day of actually which brands it's actually like such an interesting exercise isn't it of, of writing down brands that you think your work could fit with yes. and that you it actually focused me so much more I think in terms of being like okay these kind of brands and kind of broke it down to sections like magazines clothing brands like music and when you actually look at it like that it's quite interesting to see like okay if those are the brands I'm going for then what is the style that yes. I should be pushing more yeah and, and it, often it's what you're drawn to mm. as well um, like the I interviewed a lady recently for the show called Karen McLeod and she ran a creative writing course in Crystal Palace yeah. that I went on for six weeks uh, I had great fun doing it and she's got a novel out there and she's also a performance artist um, and one of the exercises on the course was a, we had to each name like a couple of literary characters that we were drawn to in books who mm. were some of our favourite characters. Yeah. And she said often those, the ones that you are drawn to, I will say a lot about maybe uh, you know what you want to capture in your own writing style, your own yeah. artistic style. And mine were kind of quite gritty, like Tyler Durden from Fight Club and, quite, and kind of like quite yeah. gritty uh, styles. And in the same way that in illustration I was in my early days drawn to Quentin Blake as a kid who was quite yeah. rough around the edges then Ralph Steadman in my later years that's indicative of, of what I liked and yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about that it doesn't that's mean you should mimic but I think that's definitely an indicator as to what your natural thing might be mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense actually yeah I've got to have to think so, so I'd be interested <laughs> to see like, the brands you named and, and, yeah. and, and looking at your work yeah that would be great to see it's yeah. actually quite I found it quite a difficult exercise because I think if you look at the style of my work it's very like 
flowing lines. It's not, it's not like, like you say, yours is like grittier and like, mm -hmm. and that kind of like beautiful roughness, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas mine is like sort of straight, straighter lines and like, a, like not too much going on in between that. And, and so it's quite interesting because the brands that I was looking at, I was, it was like quite a mix actually of ones that I'm like quite high end brands mm. right through to like, um, I don't know, like bands and different things that I was naming who are actually like more, like far more, or far on the other end of the spectrum of that, who are kind of maybe a bit rougher and stuff. But I was like, it's, it's so interesting that I can't, I couldn't to begin with quite find where it fitted, if that makes sense. Because yeah. I was like, okay, I'm really going to have to like look at this properly and yeah. like find find the brands that it could work with. Because it, yeah, it's a tough exercise, but yeah, yes. I'll send you across the list. It is, yeah. Quite, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like when I was made to write a business plan see the use of the word made was like that that shows how I felt about it at the time <laughs> but it's really useful and it actually by the end of it I was like oh my god like there were so many things I never even thought about that this mm. thing forced me to answer questions about my own practice yeah. Um, yeah which you don't always think about because you do it so naturally yeah you know? it is yeah it's an interesting one to like sit down and do it it's only really in recent months that I've thought I love doing this I do it every day I've built up a little bit of a following now on Instagram. Not that that means like anything in particular. It's just that it's getting a bit of interest. Yeah. And um, and so yeah, it's only recently that I thought like, oh, I need to start thinking about this as more of like a business than just yeah. as like a love, and um, and how I can maybe, you know, because the ultimate dream for me would be to be doing this full time. And at the moment, I'm kind of moonlighting, like funding my life with, yeah. you know, like a, a nine to five job, and then and then yeah. doing this in the kind of small hours. That's very valuable, though. I always say to people that you know you don't, you shouldn't ever look upon a, a position of employment outside of your dream as a, in any way a failure because we are we each have mm. a very unique journey and yeah. financial circumstances. You know, like living in London's not cheap. So, yeah. but also you meet so many interesting characters and have so many interesting experiences. Yeah. And for example, what you said there about the whole marketing and the viral thing—that kind yeah. of insight is golden, and people make their money from selling that yeah. sort of information. Yeah. Therefore, you know, you you will come at this in a really strong position when the time is right, which mm. is why I think you're on a good path with the whole organic approach and the way you've kind of found your way there through what I love. Mm. Hopefully. I mean, I'm actually in a really fortunate position where at the job I'm currently in is like the dream role and I'm just absolutely loving it and lucky that I'm still loving doing yeah. illustration on the side. So I'm kind of finding myself in quite a fortunate position at the moment where hopefully when the time's right I can do the illustration thing, like say, when it's like the right moment and yeah. I've kind of got myself in the right position yeah. to do it. Um, that it might take off a little bit more but it's um but yeah it's just like you say like using or like sort of bringing together all the information that I've got from various different places mm. and the contacts from different places yeah. and just starting to really think about it more um, and just subconscious it's like um, when I asked you about the directing stuff did it have an influence it's like maybe you never even thought about that but, no, but no, from an no. outside perspective I think yes would be the answer because I see that I see really interesting sort of filmic mm quite narrative in your compositions and yeah. that isn't you know that isn't just you picking up a magazine and copying something that's you've obviously thought that through on, on some level probably subconscious but yeah. you know yeah. so yeah fascinating but yeah. I think yeah you, you know you, it will be curious to see where you go but but it sounds like you're in no great rush in terms of I must do this in like two weeks or whatever yeah. you know it's like you're in a like you said a strong position yeah it's yeah I think it's one of those things where it's actually really interesting me and my housemate the other day so she kind of works in the beauty industry and we were like god the amount of time we talk of like sit down and have a cup of tea talking for hours about like random crap and we were like what if for like a year we just channeled our random crap conversations we like put that aside and actually like worked on something mm. like just put your head down like worked on something like super hard for a year in our spare time because 
people do that all the time, like just use their, like those, any spare moment given and all their energy into something that they are really passionate about. It's like I've kind of been bumbling along with this, but I feel like now's the time for me to kind of actually put some yeah. some hard work into it. So not in a rush, but equally like looking... Mm, looking feeling the desire a bit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think you know when the time's right deep down, it's just that you get, a, you know, some people are better at listening to that feeling than others. Yeah. And then, of course, you, you know, heart leads, but you bring in the head in terms of money and things like that, and it can be confusing. But yeah. it sounds like you, you know, you're, you're being drawn to it well, your following's growing, and deservedly so, because I think it works really strong. And the, and the very fact that you're willing to reach out to people, like the fact you got in touch with me and, and now we're here having this conversation, yeah. that will stand you in good stead. I would yeah. encourage you to kind of keep doing that and just talk to yeah. people because I find there are a lot of people who are quite open in this industry and willing to have those conversations. And mm. I mean, it's one of the greatest assets for me doing this podcast is that I get to talk to loads of interesting people and just pick up little ideas along yeah. the way. Yeah, so, yeah, it's good to know. reach out reach out in the most like fangirly message they're like hello who's found your work but that's beautiful don't be creepy Sarah don't be creepy no I'll never get tired of it it's, I mean it's not like it happens all the time but it's, it's, it's wonderful like, and it's a real compliment when someone does do that uh, and I'm sure you found the same thing you know with Instagram I'm sure you've had correspondence where people like your stuff and it's a lovely little nudge of confidence you know yeah. nice. you know what it's, um, it's actually the it is the loveliest thing I get two things that I really love from Instagram are where people like directly message you with their work and, and people randomly send me sketches of things they've done to be like oh this is what I've done or I've copied mm. one of your pieces and I'm always like oh that's so great like just keep like keep doing that like just yeah, keep copying yeah, stuff yeah. and doing it and, and then the other one is I do a lot of pictures of couples like quite intimate moments on on my um, Instagram page and the cutest thing I will never get bored of is when people tag each other in it. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so cute. Wow. Like, like quite underneath quite a few times, there's, and there's one couple that I've noticed who do it all the time, so I must just, like, really? send them a print or something. Or, but, like, where people, like, tag each other in it and just say, oh, like, you and me kind of thing, like, do a little kiss, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm melting my heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's <It's> brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> Very sweet. Fantastic. Right, well, I'm going to ambush you with the um, the bit I always get people with the shark in the tank bit, which you might oh, even yeah. be, I was going to say you might be prepared for, but this wasn't a planned podcast, so maybe no. not. Um, but it's a sort of, it's a love and a hate within the creative world. Very loose, open question, so, yeah. So, like in the creative world, okay, so. Very lateral. So, inspiration-wise, kind of what I spoke to you earlier about the, that book, A Million Little Pieces, like would urge Anyway, and I think I must have told literally every single friend of mine to read it. Yeah. Um, just because, although I'm not a drug addict or an alcoholic, that book and the way it was written is like one of the most artistic books I've ever read. Oh, yeah. Um, and like changed my opinion on so many things um, and just, just how, uh, how to like appreciate a book in a different way. I absolutely love that. And um, there's just a few phrases from that as well, which have like, in, like inspired like drawings I've done in such a big way and um, just which are like beautifully written paragraphs and mm. things that I'm just like oh I could just like read and read that and um, so uh, that kind of thing inspires me like beautiful and um, beautiful written books beautifully written books even my dad's like a big big bookworm so he was re- like sends me random things to read which are usually far too difficult for me to be reading <laughs> but I always sort of pretend I've read them <laughs> Like Google it and just talk yeah. about like the synopsis. Um, but um, also music is a big inspiration for me. Like if I'm ever drawing, it's because I'm sitting and listening to like a new album that cool. is really inspiring to me. And there's yeah. 
like mainstream people who inspire me, like the likes of Tom Adele. I think his voice is just like incredible, who I could just listen and listen to. But yeah, I usually try and like listen to music. So music does inspire me in a big way. Um, and then I hate, I don't really know. I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, just trying to be like what we were talking about earlier about trying to be like too perfect in, in work, in your work. I think like we were talking about people taking down posts from Instagram and trying to create too much of a facade. I actually think art is really beautiful when it's at its messiest or at its like, mm. you know, those, we were talking earlier about like pieces of paper that you put on the wall that you, that were like a part of a drawing that you were doing but not the finished piece. Yeah. And actually sometimes the drawings of mine that I like the best are ones which I didn't actually ever finish because you can just see a sort of shape in them. Yeah. So I think when people try to be too polished it's like it's okay to yeah. to show like random things as well. Yeah, completely. It's, just, it's what makes art so human, isn't it? Mm, yeah. And when you can see that honesty and the kind yeah, of the honestly, imperfections, yeah. that's what's wonderful to me. I mean, I'm sure yeah. there's someone with an argument to that, but it's, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Oh, and lastly, where can people check out your work? Uh, I am in the process of building a website, so it's um, on Instagram, which is um, my handle is s.peters underscore art. Perfect. Well, wonderful. Thanks for the time and accepting no the, the sort of very ambushed nature of today's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's interesting um, if you take a look at Sarah's Instagram, um, all her wonderful pencil drawings that we discussed and the way she's laid that out. You wouldn't think that you know she's got this background with uh, with films director um, in drama and all these other interests, uh, but there you go. I think everyone's journey has got these underlying layers. Um, of uncertainties and doubt and beautiful chance moments that happen along the way and it's very very hard to know where you want to go and sometimes even when you get there it doesn't turn out to be the destination anymore so people have moved the goalposts and you've found things you've encountered things met people um, come across things have revelations along the way and ended up on a completely different sidetrack so I think there's certainly something in Sarah's story for that please do get me your thoughts on the Twitter at Arrest All Mimics how do you feel about that what about yourself are you following your heart are you just kind of leading with what's in front of you or are you sticking to a rigid plan because I think that works for some people uh, go back a few episodes and listen to Ben Rothery he's a case in point of someone who knew with an absolute certainty since an early age that he wanted to work with wildlife illustration and that's exactly what he's doing now working with a natural history museum and lots of other areas so i think it's horses for courses but i do think there's something to be said about listening to the heart and just following uh, you know the path that comes up in front of you and staying open-minded and being responsive so i'm interested to hear your thoughts do that please also hit us up on the instagram same handle at arrest on the mix uh, drop us a quick review please if you get a moment it's really really helpful um 100th episode coming up Go and treat yourself to Ollie Kugler's exhibition at the Rich Mix in Shoreditch. It's absolutely amazing. He's coming up as my 100th guest talking about his refugee reportage work, uh, as well as his whole career, his whole journey. It's a two-part special coming up December 19th, January 2nd. Also, please get me your thoughts. How would you feel about the show being once every two weeks instead of weekly? Interested to know. It's something that's crossed the mind recently, and we'll get more into that as time goes by. Uh, so cheers for checking in guys wonderful uh, wonderful work thanks to the sponsors illustrationweb.com heartinternet.co.uk and also a wonderful ongoing support from the association of illustrators go and check them out illustrators it's an absolute must the aoi.com go and take a look and get the membership because it really is great in these times where there's a lot of uncertainties over intellectual property and copyright and the rest of it these guys are awesome when it comes to the stuff that we don't like to do as artists So, nice one. Cheers, guys. Have a great week. Stay creative, uh, and I'll hear from you very soon.